0: everybody i'm kelly ellers
1: i'm jeffrey lennon
0: and this is volume up by the tees so this just in jeffrey did you know now that you can put on some smooth jazz and slap a slice of baloney on your face have you seen the oscar meyer baloney face mask
1: what Because are the I words coming out of you your some. mouth. <laughs> this, what is happening right now? When did Oscar Meyer make face mat? Ma- Wait, hey,
0: as of yesterday, around five forty Eastern time, <gasps> hit the wire, and I was intrigued. went right on straight on over to Amazon, as you do. and I couldn't pull the trigger. But I wanted to so bad. But I got to give it to him. I've been thinking about it ever since. And here we're talking about it. So
1: tell me every is mm-hmm. it a mask made of bologna or made to look like bologna? Like, let's it break it down for me.
0: Just like, you know, the packs of bologna, like mm-hmm. it's a yellow pack mm-hmm. with a sort of flesh colored circle. Mm. Yep. yep. I got it. OK, so the mask, the packaging looks just like you're in like the grocery store, like perusing the bologna aisle. Or what one might do with baloney. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. I don't eat that, but and know. then the actual mask is the color of baloney. No, no, it's so good. It's so good. Um, anyway, they appear to be sold out on Amazon, but uh, you know, kudos to them. I mean, you got the wiener mobile, we're moving on to face masks. <laughs> Um, it was also created in partnership with Soul Mamas, a Korean skincare and beauty product company. So had I have known that yesterday when it was in my cart, because my only hesitation was like, mm, how many kind of crazy chemicals are in that?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, they make baloney and what's in that? Mm. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Indeed. that's what's the world serving up for 2022 January. Wow. Wow, Kelly. Mm -hmm.
1: Mind-blown. Yes. Talking about things that are (laughs) mind-blowing, on last week's episode, Kelly spoke with Diane Cole-Stevens, the visionary and owner of Cole-Stevens Salon. She's an internationally recognized hairstylist, entrepreneur, life coach, mentor, educator, and philanthropist. All of the things. For over 12 years, Diane partnered with Wella Company, representing them as a top artist, and Nioxin as a global stylist ambassador. And she joined us last week to discuss postpartum hair loss and the importance of scalp health check it out if you missed it. And if you'd like learning more about the industry, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all of the places at Read the Tease, and send in questions to teas.com.
0: So this week we have a special episode dedicated to something I love to celebrate, the 2021 Naha winners and Naha winners In general, I had the pleasure of talking to both the men's hairstylist of the year, Nieves Almarez, and the master hairstylist of the year, Ruth Roche, on Volume Up right here on the pod. Uh, We'll be hearing from them and all about their careers, their Naha wins and entries. Uh, And then we're going to be moving on early April 2022 Naha is around the corner again. So excited to celebrate them today on The D's.
1: Before we get to the interview, we are gonna talk about something that we're seeing in the news right now. Mm.
0: And it is some big
1: news for beauty brands that are run by celebs. Looks like, Kelly, BH Mm -hmm. Cosmetics, the company behind Iggy Azalea and Doja Cat's makeup line has filed for bankruptcy, blaming of all things COVID. What do we think about this?
0: You know, blaming COVID is a good place to start.
1: Sure is. Right. Super
0: but I just don't know if Doja Cat and Iggy needed said cosmetic line. Turns out couldn't sell it through. Couldn't sell it through. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's probably the bigger issue here. That's uh, I mean, issue. there's so many beauty brands that are, you know, owned by, it's all like minority stake. This is, this is a tough space. It's super saturated. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me.
0: If you what were we- a celeb, let's just say, mm-hmm. I mean, of course it would be super glamorous to have your own cosmetic skincare, whatever line, but was that the space you'd go? Like, what else could we do? Like, <laughs> I like I mean, the eyeglasses I mean mm-hmm. I like sunglasses. what is a niche space that you could own that wasn't cosmetics because even Harry Styles, I don't know where his nail polish is, how's that going and if he can't sell nail polish I don't know who can who, who can the hell exactly
1: can? I mean even that space it's like it's it's him it's Tyler the creator there's another men's sort of non-binary nail polish like that that market's tax. like what are we what yeah. are we doing beauty is done let's
0: done you know we tapped. don't wish
1: bankruptcy on people to be no. clear but we're not upset about this
0: news no is we're that not. Fair? and i i have not been one to buy into the celebrity fad do skincare, you own a single care? piece of well celeb you know beauty what? actually this is not, that's not true hold on one second I do really like the rare beauty. It's Selena Mm, Gomez's signature color. It just happens to match my skin tone as well. Mm. So I've got that. And you know what? Selena's
1: doing the damn thing.
0: I think that's about it. No (sighs) J-Lo for me. No. mm -mm. No J-Lo
1: beauty. All right. mm -mm. Uh, What about you? No, no, no. I mean, like I Uh, uh, am sort of beauty agnostic. Not that there's anything wrong. Like to each their own. Get into it. I'm like bowled over by Fenty Beauty, Fenty Skin. All I just okay. think Rihanna is a force of nature. I Indeed. feel like she doesn't even, like, she, but she's in a league of her own, right? Like, I feel like yeah. she doesn't even, she's count no doja celebrity. cat.
0: Yeah. No.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also, I
0: do own the Fenty, all three of the highlighter sticks. Okay. See, see, they magnetize together. Yep. It's beautiful,
1: Genius. revolutionary.
0: So yeah, I, I mean, I think
1: yes. once Kylie got in the game, it was all downhill. Um, yeah, I said it. I mean, for God's sake,s it. there's
0: a Kylie vending machine in the Atlanta airport. <sighs> Too far.
1: <laughs> when you gotta get that lip kit, Kelly, you, you gotta, gotta get it. Get
0: the lip kit. <sighs> anyway, we've got a lot to talk about today.
1: Sure do, including what is trending on the tees.com. The editorial team has been hard at work this week, just like every week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends, diving into brands you don't know but should, and here are some of our favorite headlines that are live right now. First up, celebrate Pantone's 2022 Color of the Year with these quote-unquote very peri-purple hair products. Being the Pantone is the authority on all things color-related. Their Color of the Year announcement not only attempts to set the tone uh, for the next 11 months, but it also helps shape and influence major trends in beauty forever. For 2022, Pantone is officially crowned very peri, or Pantone 17 3938 as its color of the year. This hue, which is characterized as a dynamic periwinkle blue hue with a vivifying violet red undertone is one that encourages quote, personal inventiveness and creativity, end quote. Instead of choosing one of its existing colors, which Pantone has done for the past 23 years, the company opted to create a brand new shade from scratch for 2022, which seems fitting. So if you're hoping to channel some very Perry in 2022, our team's compiled a list of hair products that are inspired or fit the hue vibe and it's on the thetees.com. So my question, Kelly, in mm-hmm. this list, are you feeling very, Perry? Do you own any purple hair items? Would you purchase anything from the list? Lots of questions.
0: You know, one of my least favorite colors is indeed purple or a hue wow. of purple. Mm, okay. I just think it's trying to be something it can't. And so therefore, I virtually own nothing in the shade.
1: Mm, I knew that. I, I just wanted. I to mean, hear, I have a bone yeah, to pick yeah. with
0: purple. I don't know why. I really don't know why, but I don't mm-hmm. like it. All right. So, so you're I will not, not be. Into. Yep. I will not be having the assignment. I will not be into any of it. It's pretty, but not for me. What about you?
1: Very Perry is pretty, but not for me. Uh, I like. I like a good periwinkle. I think it's a fun name. I mean, like kudos to them for that. Yeah. I mean, like the listicle is pretty fun. There's tons of different things to choose from. Tools liquids, care, et cetera, get into it. Go to thetease.com, check it out. I might be purchasing some purple stuff. I'm not as adverse to the
0: Mine is sort of a visceral reaction. But, you know, (sighs) I do, as a marketer at heart, love the opportunity to sort of just jump on a bandwagon and create some purple content, products, special edition, you name it. So I do love the Pantone color of the year thought, just not the color this year.
1: All right, we'll take it. Look, in the spirit of expanding our horizons into things that we maybe didn't know about, there's a story on thetease.com called, These Hair Trends from Around the World Will Spark Your Wanderlust. Look, COVID, things, travel restrictions, all of it is happening right now. So go to thetease.com, check out this article, and take in what is happening around the world. From the, the actual article, do you ever wonder what hairstyles are currently trending? What's the most requested haircut in Croatia's top salons or the look du jour, a Paris? It's hard not to be curious about the hair habits of our global neighbors, which is why we've taken it upon ourselves to research the most popular hair trends from around the world with the help of some top global hairstylists. From Russia to India and even New York, we've got the U.S. well-represented. The tease has you covered with inspo from some of your favorite global destinations. So of this list, Kelly, there are a mess of countries. Yes. What spark in Wanderlust, if you could only travel to one destination based on mm. the look, what is it?
0: Wow. That's an interesting one. I must have said look to travel mm-hmm. there. Okay. I think
1: you have to. Let's play that. I think you're right. Play it that okay. way. Yep. Yep.
0: I mean, you know, I, I love me some volume. Mm-hmm. I think the French girls are embracing texture, which I love to see. Wavy curls, kinky, you name it. The sort of undone, done look. So I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I'm vibing on that. And then also uh, Moscow. So Viola. I going to say. Hey, yeah. Whoa. Bringing it with the adorned, cool, black, threaded sort of braid look. So I think that would go very nice with one of my black outfits.
1: There you go. Look yeah, at that. So all right. It. Well, you know, if you cannot get out and we understand because <laughs> there's all sorts of things happening, go to thetease.com, check out this yeah. article, get inspired, follow those stylists. They're incredibly talented. Yeah. All right. Last up on the tease.com, something that's trending that we are into that is relevant to all of y'all, especially the hairstylists out there, is the article entitled, These Are the Four Haircuts You'll Be Seeing Everywhere. We may only be a few weeks into 2022, but we've already seen several new haircut trends begin to pop up all over the place. Considering that so many clients are looking to give their locks a major reset for the new year, this is a great time for hairstylists. If you're curious about which haircuts are currently trending and will more than likely be requested at your next salon appointment, we've got you covered here. Go to thetease.com. From wispy bangs and cheek bobs to the latest TikTok-inspired hairdo, these are the haircuts that you're going to want to familiarize yourself with before they become even bigger. My question for you, Mm -hmm. of these four trends, Bixie or Boy Bob, what do you want? Come on. You
0: know, so I love both, but I'm going with the Bixie because I'm channeling Cameron Diaz tan skin the bixie something about Mary the turquoise necklace like bringing it for the 90s and i like it i like it a lot so that's what i'm going for also a little meg ryan little winona Ryder too mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so
0: i'm i'm here for the bixie i like it what about you yes
1: so far, like in what we're seeing for 2022, I've got a little bit of a mullet going on. So I'm Yay. slow and embracing <laughs> last year's trend. Uh, but maybe I'll get into it with the boy, Bob. I don't know. We'll see. Oh,
0: I would love to see. That.
1: <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, you got to go to the Check out this article. Look at the styles. They're all there. They're all incredible. And you're probably going to get a bunch of people booking for, for these looks. Very true. Yep. hmm. As always so much going on at thetees.com. Thank you to our hard working editors. We are proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers
0: care about. Next up, we've got the 2021 Naha winners. I had the pleasure again of talking with first off, the Master Hairstylist of the Year, Ruth Roche, and then next followed swiftly by Nieves Alvarez, the Men's Hairstylist of the Year. Here we go. All right, everybody, today on the podcast, we have Ruth Roach, excited for you to be here. I'm not going to read a bio. I usually do that, but I want to hear it straight from you. Tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're at in the industry. Okay. Well, um, how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding, No, right? I, I know. <laughs>
2: You've got a lot of accolades, right? I've been, Well, it's been a long time. I've been in the industry for, I think, 38 years this year. Wow. Okay. I know. And so a lot has happened and it's been the most amazing career. You know, I always say I love it as much today as I did when I started, you know, and have never waned from that. I started, um, well, first of all, I was going to be a mechanical engineer and I was in college Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. And after the first couple of quarters, I was like, this, this blows, I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) And all I wanted to do was hair. You know and i was doing everybody's hair in the dorms i didn't know what i was doing but it just made me really excited inside and you know exc- i get goosebumps right now thinking about how it made me feel then because it, yeah. it it's what i was meant to do you know so i um you know told my parents i wanted to quit college you know that went over really well yeah. and that i wanted to <laughs> so i i went to school uh went to the the best salon in my city, which was in Santa Barbara, California, and apprenticed there. And then I worked there for a couple of years. And then I got on Trevor Sorby's artistic team. Um, And he was starting his own product line here in the US. And so I worked with him for about nine years, couldn't speak and do hair at the same time, had never taught a class before, was just ridiculously inexperienced. So it took me like three years to be able to feel confident on a stage to where at the end of my nine years, I was his artistic director by then. Wow. I was on stage next to him, doing shows with him and doing a lot of my own shows. And all the while I was working in salons, but moving. I moved from Santa Barbara to Chicago where right. I worked at Pivot Point. Sure. Their advanced yeah. education. And it okay. wasn't a conflict with with uh, Trevor. So I worked for both. So I got all this experience being a teacher, which was great. Very with- cool. So then I moved to, um, I moved to Long Island thinking I was moving into the city, into New York City and realized I wasn't in the city, but it was a great <laughs> transition. Um, and I worked with Mary Brunetti there at her spawn. and I met her through Trevor Sorby. So everything kind of just yeah. magically evolved on this path that I really didn't plan, except for I did have a dream when I was in beauty school. That I was going to work with celebrities someday. Wow. Okay. And I had a little dream of being in New York, but it was always like way down there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then there was some things going on with Trevor's product line here in the US and he was changing things around and I had an opportunity to go work with Red um and I and I called him and he was in China doing a hair show and I happened to catch him in his room on the phone there were no cell phones wow, right I, okay i don't think there <laughs> um anyway he's he was like you need to go it's time for you to fly you know do that and so for me that's a great mentor that's able to mm-hmm. let go of you know, and, and know that that's going to happen someday. So that was a big, like life lesson for me when I had my own people that I needed to let go, you know? Ugh, yes. So anyway, I was, I was with uh, Redken for okay. five years and that was a cool thing. Cause I went from being all about the hair to being all about, like, I got to do product development and work with marketing and do hair for their photo shoots and their ads. And so I did that for five years. And then I. Um, had an entrepreneurial seizure and decided to do my own thing. <laughs> and I decided I wanted to start my own academy, okay. advanced academy. Mm-hmm. And so I was going so fast with Redkin, I was going like a hundred miles an hour. It was great, but I was just going so fast. I didn't even know if, what I wanted to do. You yeah. know, it just got, yeah. got, I was traveling like 80% of the time and, you know, home like one or two days a week. And it was just crazy. So I transitioned out of Redken, still used Redken products, still did shows for all the Redken distributors, was always a Redken girl, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I started my own academy, which was the very first class and I rented a studio for it. it was September 11th.
0: Oh that. my
2: word. Yeah. So I had left this big company to do my own thing. Ugh. which I rely on hairdressers yep. coming to New York to take classes. So as you know, nobody wanted to travel. Nobody wanted to come to New York. Yep. So it's like, what have I done? You know, and everybody reevaluated life yep. at the time. So I was like, all right. So I spent the next two years kind of building it up and I kind of lost the impetus to do a salon because I didn't really have a big clientele. And I was like, uh-huh. so then I accidentally found this space in Tribeca.
0: Mm, lovely.
2: It was a, a cafe that had uh, closed down, I guess, around nine eleven, and oh. it was empty. And I had been in there and had coffee in there years back. And I just happened to be walking by and there was a for rent sign. And, you know, long story short, I ended up I was like, this is my space. So it became my salon and my academy started my salon with no clients. I mean, I had like five and worked with a hairdresser who came from Elizabeth Arden and he brought some of Uh his clients. They didn't want to go all the way downtown. Uh Some (laughs) of them did and they hated coming that far. But um, anyway, so I had that salon for eight years. I built it up into a salon. At that time, I got an agent and started working with celebrities and um doing fashion and tv commercials and it was just really cool so i was doing that i had clients i had a full clientele by then i was managing the salon the academy i was traveling and doing shows and it was just crazy crazy like one day i'm in the salon i worked with mariah carey who her at the time she lived like two blocks from my salon so i get these uh-huh. calls to go over there and um you know it would take hours let's just <laughs> say. and so i'd like move my clients around and do this whole thing and but but one thing i want to say about my clients is yeah. as a salon owner i i never tried to like i always got my clients to try the apprentices when they got on the floor to oh. you know try so that when I needed to go do my thing, because I think a lot of us hairdressers want to be able to do more than just behind the chair. For me, it helped me avoid burnout, you know? Yeah,
0: naturally. Yeah.
2: So I had these great people that I trained, you know, from from school who were massaging their hair, shampooing them. They would stand around those of us with the experience, take notes. Like yeah. I'd say, you know, Susie's going to come to you next time I'm away, and she needs to come. They would sit there and take notes, ask questions while I was doing their hair. Perfect. Yeah, were impressed by that, and Mm -hmm. then they trusted them. Yeah. So I built a team that was really busy, and I had a you know clientele, but I started to filter them off to other people so I could focus on the business and do my other work. So that I sold the salon then because I then I got a little burnt again, burned out. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and then I um I was like, okay, what do I want to do next? And Pureology, mm-hmm. um, I carried Pureology in my salon. And they're a L'Oreal Professional Products Division brand and a sister brand to Redken. So I knew all the people and I joined them again. And I was with them for nine years. I worked with, oh, wow, yeah, Wendy Ballanger. She was my co-artistic director. Cool. And, and all the while that was while I still had the salon and then I sold the salon. I worked there as a stylist for oh. five years and it was someone who I trained, like it was just cool because it was still my family and it was still all those people. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what happened. And then I just moved to Napa, California a year oh. ago. During COVID. Yeah. Okay. I was in New York for 25 years and now I'm, in a town of 80,000 people. Yes. (laughs) Every once in a while I go, what? (laughs) But I moved to be close to my dad. Nice. 97. And, you know, he's in great shape. He's married. They live on their own. So I'm here and building a clientele here and, you know, still traveling and starting to travel a lot more again, now that Mm -hmm. the world is opening up. Um, so that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Wow.
0: You've had several layers to your career. Yeah. And it's I'm so <laughs> all great. of the layers. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, it sounds like you've done it all. And it also sounds like your dream of working with celebrities also manifested itself as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, people were like, don't open a salon, it's so hard. You're never gonna blah blah blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I was like. Not listening to you, uh, <laughs> New York. You know it's too hard. It's so competitive. La la la. la you know, um, everybody wants to do celebrities. That's not going to happen. You know, like uh, that's the whole. Mm-hmm. So all these things. If you listen to other people who are negative until you know, then that's what you're going to believe. Right. But right. Do it. Exactly. Uh, oh, here's here's what it is. This quote: Always listen to experts. They'll tell you what can't be done and why. Then do it. <laughs> ah, I like and that's a man named Robert Heinlein. I found it just randomly and I thought that's perfect because that is- it's all in here, it's in your it's inside of
0: you, right? Right. You know?
2: And does that mean everybody can do every dream that they have? No, but if you don't try, you'll never know
0: exactly. You know? Exactly. Okay, so of all those different parts and pieces of your career, and they brought to you to where you are today, what was your favorite part what is your favorite part about the industry
2: my favorite part is doing weird hair for photo shoots like the art of it like you know um so that and then training other hairdressers teaching my peers that's what i'm back to after all of that stuff those are the two things and i love doing clients i really do Mm -hmm. so out of all the things that i've done those are my favorites
0: Okay, so talking about kind of that more, I guess, theatric or unique and different avant-garde hair, you were named Naha's Master Hair Stylist of the Year. hmm How did that yeah. feel? Amazing.
2: You know? <laughs> right. I, have, I have I have been a finalist many, many times. Okay. I won uh, this would this was my sixth Naha Award Amazing. over the years, you know. And okay. And many years I entered and was a finalist and didn't win. And but but the cool thing is it gives me a deadline. Yeah. You no, know, I have to do something. I don't. Ha- I didn't enter every year, especially when I had the salon and the academy and the blah blah blah. And it pushes me creatively to try to yeah. create things that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Like this year, I just I'm a finalist again for 22. Yeah. Amazing. And. I did something I've never seen anybody do before, you know. Okay. And that's like, yeah. So it's out, so I can talk about it. But okay, uh, it's I wanted to create lines in hair like a haircut, okay. instead of a cut line, a burn line. So it was like singed off, and yeah. <laughs> so I know it sounds weird, but it like artistically, it's a it's something that's really hard to have created, but it's. It's, um, it was just something that I thought of and try to, f- and, and the figuring out how to do things is the fun part for me. Yeah. Okay. You know, yep. See an end result. And then I'm like, how the hell am I going to make that? You know, yeah. like I'm in that situation right now. Cause I'm shooting for another awards thing and I've, I can see it from here. I can see my mannequin heads, all <laughs> the mannequin heads, piles of hair next to them going, talk to me. Really? <laughs> okay. Well. So, where did you find the inspiration for the singed
0: look? The lines
2: in my head for okay, a, I don't know where it came from, but it was in my head for years. Wow, because um, I always think about like when I'm teaching haircutting, for example, you can create okay. a line that's solid, you can create a line that's point cut. Mm-hmm. a line that's razor cut you can create a a line with blending shears you can create a line with if you wanted to a piece of broken glass you could chew it off you could burn it off you know like just Mm -hmm. all these ideas um because the line that you're cutting is the line that you're cutting the edge of the line the the texture and the visual appearance of that line like the hem on clothing right? can be afraid, it can be all these different things. So it's just, yeah, it's like another line, another way of creating the edge of the line.
0: That's really cool. What's in that head of yours?
2: (laughs) A lot of weird stuff. (laughs) Very creative. (laughs) But people say, you know, like, you know, that you were going to be an engineer is interesting because I'm kind of figuring out the structure of what would be going on inside of that thing that I see and how to get there. So mm-hmm. some of it's just trying stuff and having it fail. Mm-hmm. Some of it's, you know, finding the one part of what failed that worked and yeah. expanding on that. And then that, you know, it's just, and so I really enjoy
0: that process. Amazing. Yeah. So where are you headed next? You've got a salon in Napa. I have a studio, um, Great. my own
2: private studio and guess would be Great. like a suite. Yeah. And, um, so that's where I shoot videos. That's where right. I do my clients. That's where, yeah. you know, I'm working on the hair that I'm working on. So it just, it's cool. It's, uh, it's nice. And like I said, clients are not the only thing that I want to do, yeah. but I, do it to keep my hands in it. I do it because I love to make people happy. And I think if I'm going to work and train other hairdressers, I need to be relevant and doing what they do, you know? Sure. So.
0: So tell me about your series, short, shorter, shortest. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Oh, Because I was trying to figure out what your specialty is and then I stumbled across that. So tell me about that education or the education part of your, of your career.
2: Yeah. Well, that was the first virtual thing. I, I, and it was, you know, we live happened live, the recordings, you know, blah, blah, blah. And because short hair hasn't really been a thing that long, like it only recently sort of came back and, you know, anybody that's been doing hair, like 10 years or less, maybe five years or less has not had to cut a lot of short hair. So it's terrifying You know, and I find when I'm working with salon owners and developing content for their classes, you know, when I travel is that they they have a lot of people who do beautiful balayage and longer hair with waves and layers and all that, and maybe bobs. But when it comes to short hair, they're afraid, you know, because they don't have a lot of experience doing it. So that's why I did short, shorter, shortest, because it was just a way to Um, help people see how to put things together and create them, you know, and have like templates that they could go to for some of those looks, you know, and, and I wanted to show the different kinds of short hair because sometimes people think short pixie, you know, but there's like many, many shapes and textures and things with short
0: hair. Do you think it's going to come, it's going to come back as strong as it ever was? I don't
2: know. I don't know. It's so hard to say because, you know, for, for example, my hair, I had my hair really short for like the first 20 years of my career Okay, and I got extensions and then I was a monster and I've had long hair ever since, you know? (laughs) And so I like how I feel. So it just depends. I mean, some women look incredible with short hair, much more striking than they do with long hair. Yeah. So, um, I think it could come back, I think if it's going to come back, it's going to be, you know, we're going to see it a lot in the next like three or four years building back mm-hmm. up to okay. where it becomes a thing for everybody, you know, because they say a trend has seven years. Okay. Like, three years on the way in, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, where like first year is huh. just really the coolest, edgiest people and they don't want to look yep. like everyone else. Yep. The next year is it starts to become more mainstream and, it, you know, yep. the trendy people. The third year, you know, it's like more in fashion, right? And it's more like, you know, if you don't have it, you're not cool. And then the, <laughs> the fourth year is everybody's wearing it, right? Everyone, yeah. it's become like mainstream. The fifth year, it's starting to go out. You know, the sixth year, <laughs> sixth <laughs> year, you know, everybody's like stopping it, but then people are still wearing it. And then the last year, everybody's grandma is wearing
0: it. that's good that's great i've never had anyone explain it to me like that but that's (laughs) great (laughs) so at any given time you have you know like four or five
2: things going on but some are on Mm -hmm. their way in some are on their way out some are right at the peak so i think short hair is probably on like that second third Mm and fourth year so it still has the big old mainstream to go through
0: okay got it so You know, with your years of experience, what is some advice that you would give to young stylists out there right now who are just starting, maybe just starting in a pandemic? (laughs) Like if it ever ends, I don't know. Um, But what's some advice like that you wish you would have known, for example? One
2: thing that I did was I would, I would look at, you know, and you could now it would be all digital, but, you know, look at the people that you're doing in school and what you would charge for those services and add it up at the end of the day, you know, and look at like how much money I would have made or, you know, take, take whoever you've got and do your very, very best. And, you know, cause sometimes it's not inspiring in school you just want to get through it, you know, yeah. but it's like, try to get models to come in, you know, people that will let you do whatever you want in school and, you know, just, just really push yourself. And then once you're And a lot of people went to school during the pandemic, you know, they started in the pandemic and still have not, you know, maybe been, been around people for live training. So I think like my heart goes out to people that have started that way and had school that way. But I would say, you know, go to where your heart feels the happiest. So, you know, yes, you're going to have to like work really hard. And usually as an apprentice, start out somewhere where you're going to get some really good training. Because I think going into your own business right away or a suite without that is hard because you don't have the experience. So there's so many options now digitally to continue to learn that stuff, even if you are on your own. But you know, my mentor, Trevor Sorby said to me, focus on your craft, help others achieve their dreams and stay humble.
0: Yeah. That's great. And I love that. That's yeah, so that's my that's yeah. what I live by in this industry. Yeah. It's very yeah. Those are very generous statements, right? I mean, to help others live their dreams. That's that's a really cool pillar to live by.
2: Yeah. Cuz yeah. that's what, you know, he did for me for Antoinette Beenders, for huh. you know, Eugene Solomon, all Tom Connor, all of his artistic wow. directors
0: went on to be you know, and he let them go. Yeah. You know, encourage them. That's a form of a true leader, very selfless, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's neat. Well, it's been so fun getting to know you. Now we're going to move into the tease quick takes if you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> the first one is bar soap or body wash? Body wash. Body wash. Okay. Oddly enough, that has been a topic of much debate. Really? Some people like bar sport. <laughs> 100%. They're not They're not, they're like not
2: breaking Water. You know, Same. I don't like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. What are you streaming right now? So on Netflix, Hulu, podcast, music, what are you? Um, I am streaming um, an
2: audio book by Mel Robbins called The High Five Life. Okay. I love um, Mel
0: Robbins. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I'm watching uh, a show. I don't know which Netflix, Hulu or whatever it's on, but it's um, called Cardinal. Oh, and okay. it's you know, like a detective, you know, murder, blah, blah, blah thing.
0: All right. I'll have to check it out. Is it good?
2: Yeah, it is good. I keep falling asleep at night trying to
0: watch <laughs> it. But, so it's taken me a while. <laughs> I know. I do that sometimes too. Then I'm like, where did I leave off? <laughs> yeah. You watch. It's like reading the same paragraph over and over. It yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. What's one product that you cannot live without? And it doesn't have to be a hair product. It could be a beauty product, kitchen product, food. Like what's your, you got to have coffee, coffee. All right. How many cups a day?
2: Um, Well, today this is my fifth cup, I think already. And it's only 1230.
0: Yeah. Then you're living. Yeah. You need the coffee then. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. It's like, I would be so sad.
2: if It's the only thing I'm a diva about on the road. Oh, okay. It's like, if I can't have coffee in the morning, we're not doing this. So, <laughs> okay.
0: And are you picky about the type of coffee or how you I take I like French dark, dark roast. It has to be
2: dark roast. Exactly. And um, like, if you go to Starbucks too late in the day, it's Pike. And that's like a medium or a light roast.
0: Oh, and, and you're not watery. having
2: No. Oh.
0: <laughs> so... I love this. <laughs> okay, you kind of already mentioned this one, but anything else and advice, advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry. Stay open.
2: Okay. okay. Depending on what your roots are in the industry and who trained you, sometimes you can get tunnel vision of that's the only, uh, way, you know, okay. that's the only way to do it. You might see something and go, oh my God, right? That's just right. so not how you're supposed to do it. But if it gets a result, who cares? Right. gets the result that you're looking at and you like the result then be open to trying it, you know? And so being open, never stop learning. You can always learn from anyone. You know, I love watching people do hair and just how they touch a piece of hair and I'll look and I wonder if they're going to move that piece right there. And then they they either do, and I'm like yes, or they don't, <laughs> and I'm like go get it. You know? <laughs> well, I never stop learning. And um, one of my good friends, Jill Lights, who's been doing hair for a very long time, um, like 50 years or something, she is. She takes classes all the time, and we really, jam, yeah, we jam on Zoom together with mannequin heads, going, "What if we did this?" or "Let's try that," or you That's know. Amazing. So yeah, surround yourself with the people who you want to be like. And like I said, you know, assist them. Like if you want to be a session hairdresser, then become get on a list at agencies to be an assistant to the people that are. And when you are an assistant, be the best assistant you can be. Don't try to be a star, be the assistant. Yeah. You know, and be it really well.
0: (laughs) Do it, I should say. Well, this has been fun, that was it. I think we're wrapped, um, okay. but thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was for so great getting me. to know you and your background.
1: Ruth was fantastic and incredibly talented. Next up, Kelly's interview with men's hairstylist of the year, Nieves Almarez.
0: Today on the podcast, I have Nieves Almarez. He is an incredible, Naha winner among a million different accolades. We are so excited to have you here today. Welcome to Volume Up by the Tees.
3: Thank you. Thank you guys for having me.
0: (laughs) You bet. All right. So we're going to get into it. We decided we're going to freestyle this. So we're just going to roll with it. Whatever's on the top of your head. I've got some questions for you, but we really do want to get into that head of yours and find out a little bit more about you. So tell us your elevator pitch. Like, tell us who you are.
3: I'm Nieves Almarez and uh, I'm right outside of Chicago in Cicero, Illinois, and I own a barber school out here. I've been in the business now since about 2001. Okay. I really have a passion for educating. It kind of bit me uh, maybe 10 plus years ago, and um, I always kind of relate that back to my cosmetology background. Okay. When I started in this industry, I started as a cosmetologist and that was just being misinformed. You know, if you could think back to the early two thousands, there wasn't Google like that. Totally. (laughs) So I, myself, I had to kind of open up the yellow book and, (laughs) and find a school to go to. And initially I had a pair of clippers and some tools and I felt like I was strong doing clipper cutting after about two weeks of doing it. Wow, all right. <laughs> I mean, I felt that way. I don't think that's <laughs> but, um, what ended up happening was I really wanted to go to school to learn how to use the scissors or shears as we call them. And I cracked open the yellow book and you know, I found a school that was very close to where I lived. And they said that they offered um, financial aid. So I I had called a few other schools previously and the tuition just seemed really high for me. And my thought process was, well, I'm only going to learn one certain thing there and then I'm on my way, you know. Sure. (laughs) So, So what happened was, you know, no one ever informed me that there was a barber school. Okay. Um, There was a cosmetology school, or there was even a license involved in doing hair. And what I did was I signed up for cosmetology school without knowing I signed up for cosmetology.
0: No way. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Did you think you were in barbering school, or where did you think you were headed?
3: No, I, I thought I was headed somewhere where they were going to teach me like a couple weeks how to use shears. All right. You know? <laughs> and I signed up credit to me, you know, that I didn't just like walk in there blind, but the school was closed the day I went in there. So Got there it. were no students around. It, it, it was no indications of, of any of that, you know, and, and in hindsight, I should have been able to distinguished I was signing up for beauty school but um what ended up happening was I started like the following week and when I did come in um I noticed that there was a lot of females around and I was given my kit and I was like wow there's a lot in here for just (laughs) teaching me shear cutting you know or scissor cutting I didn't even know they called them shears at the time you know so um it dawned on me the first day, but um, I figured, well, I'm here. I might as well learn this stuff. So I stuck it out and I finished the cosmetology program. And, um, you know, the, in, the owner of the school, he, he seen something in me because for some strange reason, all the females uh, in the school thought I was a genius at clipper cutting hmm. and they would surround me. Um, when I would do clipper cuts and that kind of laid the foundation for me, um, into what I actually, some of the techniques I teach to this day, Okay. Um, because I had to find a simplified approach to teaching them clipper cuts, the rest of the students there. And the owner of the school, in fact, invited me back into the instructor's program. Oh, wow. I did go into the instructor's program, and down the line, um, I went and got a tattoo of a barber pole. All right. So so immediately after I finished cosmetology school, and while I was in the instructor program, I had opened up a barber shop. Okay. I actually hired a barber that was a licensed barber.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And he said, Hey, did you know what your license? You you really not supposed to use the straight edge razor? Uh-huh. I said, Really? I've been using it all this time. I didn't know <laughs> that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what I told myself was, wow, you know, I own a barber shop. I have a barber tattoo, like a tattoo of a barber pole, but I'm not really a licensed barber. So all I make right. it official and authentic. So I went back to barber school, and I was a little more informed at that time and that point. And then I also went to barber instructor school. So I went through four programs right. in the state of Illinois. And like I said, a lot of that schooling built me up and made me the educator that I am today. And in fact, now I own my own barber school.
0: That's amazing, right? I feel like you were putting it out into the world with the tattoo. You had to make it authentic, like you said, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: it was all the tattoo in the yellow book.
0: <laughs> I mean, who knew? And now we've got so many tools at our, our disposal. But that's quite a story. Like Before you entered cosmetology school, where do you think that, that passion for the industry came from was there something in your childhood a mentor someone you knew did you just think it was like a really cool profession where did uh, that start
3: well you know um kind of dating back to that time um at that time short faded haircuts were like a trend and it was like really starting to kick off and i would in fact go get a haircut like on a wednesday and then I was back at the barber shop on Saturday just for a like a cleanup with the wow. straightedge razor. Okay, so so it was almost part of your lifestyle at that point. And uh, the barber who was cutting my hair, in fact, was the one who encouraged me to get into oh, cool. it. Cool. And yeah. I ended up buying my clippers, the first set I had there um, at the barber shop. So. Huh. Um, That, just to give a little insight on what made me, you know, pick up those clippers. Um, But when I was in grammar school, uh, me and my friends, we all had like, one of my friends had one pair of clippers and we would all cut our own hair with those (laughs) clippers. So all the neighborhood uh, kids would cut their hair with the, the same clippers
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. It was. It started from an early age. Tell me um, now. You know, I know that you were a twenty twenty one Naha winner. Tell me what that felt like. Tell me about your entry process. Give us a peek into that that entire journey for you.
3: Oh well, it's a great it's a great feeling to win. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes we don't give ourselves the pat on the back that we deserve. Mm -hmm. But when I won this award, I felt like, yeah, I accomplished something big here, you know, and um, to my knowledge and to what everyone would always say, because I did get nominated the previous year as well. And I went back even stronger in 2021 to to actually win the whole thing. But, you know, a lot of people would come up to me and, and just say, oh, what an accomplishment, you know?
0: Right. And I didn't,
3: I didn't quite feel it until I won it. All right. and, and I understood like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. And, you know, I, I deserve this, yeah. you know, Um. but kind of leading up to it, I just feel like it was long overdue and it was just preparation because I've, I've been prepared for so long for a moment like this. And, also, the work that I've been putting out, it just the, the experience and the nerves that I was able to box away, mm-hmm. and I needed to do this and, and capture and seize the moment, I was totally prepared for it. And just to kind of give some insight to, you know, shooting for Naha or, or right. for something of this magnitude, you definitely want to prepare yourself as much professionally as possible. And I mean, I mean, not only within your skills, but you wanna have the right photographer, you wanna have the right studio, you wanna have the right models. Um, and all of that in the second time that I competed for Naha and, and when I won, I took that all into factor because the previous year, I didn't even know I was shooting for Naha. I oh, was really I was told I was going to a creative shoot huh. and um, just to show up bring my tools and that's what I did and I actually got nominated I didn't select my models until the oh, day wow. and when I didn't get it I knew I had to come more prepared and the collection that I won with it took me 12 hours to do that collection
0: wow and it's absolutely amazing. I know we can't, we, we will show in our social, the collection, but tell us what the inspiration was for it.
3: Um, so my inspiration comes just from where I'm from. It comes from Chicago. Okay. And um, what I've been saying for years is, especially when I teach designs, because I can teach design step-by-step step, hmm. where- people can grasp the concept of what, what it is I'm doing. Um, a lot of people can't interpret that over. They just say, oh, I, it came off the top of my head. Um, but in my case, I've been doing it for so long, and it's derived from a graffiti style. OK. Um, and if, if you go around Chicago into some of the urban areas, you most definitely could see that style um, and uh, murals and mm-hmm. that, that graffiti look is around the whole city. And that's something that I was exposed to throughout um, my childhood and teens growing up. And I started to incorporate that into my hairstyles and that's exactly what I did. Um, I incorporated that into my collection.
0: So cool. Yeah. You can totally see it shine through. And thank you for sharing that. You know, since you've won, has there been an impact on your career?
3: Uh, Most definitely. Um, when I, when I did, uh, enter this year, um, I do education, uh, for wall clipper corporation and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, with COVID and everything going on and all the setbacks, you know, um, when Naha was held, um, the award show, it was held in conjunction with uh, Cosmoprof. And that's kind of like a a distributor show. Um, Wall was there and a lot of the employees from Wall Clipper Corporation was at the show and they also attended the award show. And they were just so ecstatic when I won and it was like a, a boost in morale. Uh-huh. You know, and that that was like really satisfying for me to see the that they were sharing in the enjoyment of the win, and that that's kind of like one of the things I always like look back to um, about the win. That was like some some major satisfaction, right? There. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, all you've trained, you know, with through the four different programs, having your own school, being an educator, having a barber. Uh, a barbershop of your own and being represented by someone as incredible as wall. And then to culminate in that experience had to just be one of those life moments. You just don't forget.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. It it was, uh, it was just, you know, words can't even speak the enjoy, like the enjoyment of. Uh, Yeah. That's amazing.
0: So with that, you know, accolade on your shelf now tell us about where you believe men's grooming men's hairstyling barbering is going in the future
3: well you know a lot of people like to say that barbering um has like elevated over like the past five years Mm -hmm. Um, me personally i've been watching it throughout my whole career elevate and you know um I remember when I first started, I would hear everyone saying, it's it's just like a lost art form, you know? Mm-hmm. And as I started to progress in my career, I just started to see more and more interest gained. And there's so much more interest now more than ever for the barbering aspect. In fact, five years ago, I was speaking how the barbering and the cosmetology world's were combining and it was almost like a Mm fusion um, together. And I see more and more of that. And, um, a lot of the things I see now is, uh, the Euro look. Um, a lot of the U S barbers are inspired by, by the Euro look. Mm -hmm. um, And they're going in that direction right now. And I do see that being something that we're going to see more of, Um, right now we're about two years deep into that, Uh, maybe a little more, All right, but but we will see more of that.
0: That's great. That's, that's, um, great insight to share with everyone for sure. Do you have a favorite style that you've ever created or done
3: that stands Um, out? (laughs) Well, I go, I go by the name of how to fade hair. Um, I've had that. I've had that tag since 2000 seven 2008 i was okay. using back in the myspace days <laughs> so- gotta love
0: it <laughs> oh. <laughs> tell okay. me you have a hotmail.com with that do you
3: no i have a yahoo <laughs> <laughs> or even
0: better <laughs> I, still use my,
3: I still use my yahoo email i love it you're a
0: purist <laughs> i use my hotmail i got you
3: <laughs> so, so um you know, all across the board, I've always used how to fade hair. And I always revert back to this. In 2009, I created my YouTube channel. Wow. So no one was on YouTube when I touched base there. And <laughs> I I actually launched um, around that time. I launched uh, a series of instructional DVDs and they were based on, how to how to fade hair so that's kind of where my name comes from um as far as in my social media but um since i was the only one there i wasn't putting out full tutorials on youtube i was only putting like a one minute and a half trailer of my instructional video and no one was there and i was doing it in english and spanish so like my reach was huge okay back then i was sending videos to australia south america mexico i was even sending them to china and russia it was like my reach was just so big through through the internet and um through youtube i would just redirect everyone to my uh my website mm-hmm. at the time. and you know i feel like uh at that time i was able to to get that across uh, to the masses. And now if you go, there's a lot of saturation on on YouTube. (laughs) But I just, I run into people and it's funny because they tell me, I I have my graffiti style of designs in that two minute trailer. Mm -hmm. And they tell me, man, I learned off of your YouTube video, just rewinding that 10 seconds. (laughs) of of, uh your clip and you know there's like millions of hits on these two-minute trailers on my youtube channel it's crazy
0: you were like a youtube og right i mean seriously 2009 and you know what an example of like what you know let's say you're a barber starting out now or a couple years ago that is exactly what you want and you were doing it almost 10 years ago so that's
3: pretty amazing I tell all of the students and, you know, people I come across, you guys have it so good right now <laughs> there's so much information. Think about mm-hmm. it. I went to cosmetology school because I opened up the yellow book. You guys can op- grab your phone and search barber schools right now. Crazy. You're nope. right. So I just think in this day and age and so much information out there, um, definitely the resources are there for anyone who wants to learn and, you got and it. sell in this career.
0: And speaking of your your DVDs and your fade videos, I noticed on your Instagram that you uh, in 2009 tried to sell Mr. Lance Wall, your instructional videos <laughs> at a hair convention. And today you are a wall educator. So talk about full circle, right?
3: Yeah. And in fact, (laughs) um, in fact, over the last year, I've become lead wall educator. Amazing! I was working hand in hand with the national director of education for wall. And we did a lot of um, great things together over the past two years.
0: That's amazing. Congrats on that as well. Um, What is your advice to young barbers, young stylists out there that do open up their phone? They find their local barbering school. You know, what's your advice to them?
3: Go to my website, sign up to my school. No, I'm playing. <laughs>
0: no, exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah. no shame in that game, right? <laughs> That's
3: a good idea as well. Um, but I kind of go by a, a certain model. And my model is you can always learn something from someone. So you must keep mm. an open mind. Yep. I do have and I see since there's so much information out there, I come across students and professionals that they think they've seen it all. And that's not the case. You will always yep. be a student in this business and you always have to keep that open mind.
0: That's amazing. I love it. So on that note, as we round out our interview today, we're we're to the tease, quick takes. And so these are just a couple of questions that we ask every single guest. And so the first one is, Bar soap or body wash?
3: Body wash.
0: Body wash. All right. I thought you were going to go old school. I didn't know. (laughs) Okay.
3: I can't can't do the soap scum film.
0: No, I know. You know what? It's an interesting question because us being in beauty, there are people who have their favorites for sure. Um, What are you streaming right now? Let's say you're sitting on the couch. It's eight o'clock. Maybe you're still working, but in your downtime, podcast podcast. Netflix, HBO, music? What is it?
3: Wow. So, um, (laughs) if I look at my podcast, um, I'm listening to Dave Ramsey. Okay. Um, which is going to be, uh, about finances and you know how to manage your money. Um, that's something that I've been following and I, I highly recommend for people to, um, to look this up, you know, and look up Dave Ramsey. Okay. Um, But I read the book and I've been applying, um, his strategies and it, it, it's changed my life, uh, Wow, you know, so I highly recommend that. That's, uh, one of the things I try to be productive, um, when I do have some downtime, um, because we all know social media can be, um, like your part-time gig, uh, as well, you know, whether you're totally. creating content throughout the day, and then you're uploading it. But podcast wise, I try to listen to, you know, the financial guys, um, right. or the inspirational guys. And uh, let's see, music wise, if I'm on YouTube, um, we play YouTube a lot in the barber school. And okay. right, one of the students just suggested the Isley Brothers. Okay, um, So we're listening to that old soul music and love it. Cool. So it's always a great vibe.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. What is one product that you cannot live without? It can be a barbering product. It can be a home gadget, beauty product, whatever. What is it?
3: uh, Well, I mean, whenever I I talk about um, tools or, you know, products or, or whatnot, Um, My wall tools have became an extension of my hand at this Mm -hmm, point. mm -hmm. So um, those are are what I'm using. And I mean, I literally can't live without them. They're paying the bill.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And then last but not least, advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry.
3: The top. Um, Well, I feel like I'm there. (laughs) <laughs> all
0: right. All right.
3: <laughs> and, uh, I feel like I'm there and you know what? I'm still working. And I joke with my students all the time, you know, because they see stuff happen and they're like, when do you, when did you do that? And I tell them when you're sleeping, I'm working.
0: Love it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, That's um, awesome. If you work hard and you stay focused and you have a goal and you, you reach for it and you tackle that goal as long as you stay working hard, because nothing happens overnight. I just went back and, and we, we told a story about 10 years ago, things that I was doing. And at times throughout the process, it did feel like, man, when am I going to catch that break? When is mm-hmm. it going to be a moment? You know, and if you don't put that work in and continue to do it and be consistent, that moment is not going to come. You have to stay consistent and persistent and just keep working hard.
0: Yeah. I love it. Great advice. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. Anything else you want to add, certainly give us where we can find you, your.com, your Insta. Let's hear it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You can find me at www.howtofadehair.com and I'm how to fade hair everywhere. So if you at how to fade hair on Instagram, on TikTok, all uh, right, <laughs> Facebook, everywhere, all across the board. How to fade amazing.
0: Hair. I love that too. That you're so consistent for almost twenty years, and so the amount of content that you have out there on how to fade hair, you've got to own a big percentage of that, right?
3: Uh, well. <laughs> We're getting there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of www dot to cover, right? (laughs) True. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was a pleasure to get to know you.
3: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: You bet. All right. I mean, how great, right? So both super cool perspectives, how cool that Naha after entering and winning and such a pivotal moment in their careers. And Nieves was just so, you know, he spoke to me in the fact that he's got his cosmetology license, his barbering license, he's got his own school now, like he is doing the damn thing. Uh, And the same with Ruth. So kudos to both of them. I'm excited also to see what Naha has in store for 2022.
1: Same. Cannot wait. Just around the corner. Let's do it.
0: Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Teas, and send in questions to Volume Up at teas.com.
1: Volume Up is a Teas Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.